Welcome back to the Apprenticeship Diaries. This is Building Shops, part two of our interview with Garrett Rodio of Black Coffin Tattoo in St. Paul, Minnesota. Welcome to the Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. <laughs> what it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories begin. I've apprenticed, um, you know, 21 years. I've, I've apprenticed a handful of people, honestly. Um, people that I probably uh, wasn't ready, me personally wasn't ready to apprentice, but I'm actually very proud to say that everybody that I've apprenticed is making a, um, they're making a killing at what they're doing. Um, that's that's high marks, man. Eight to 10, um, you know, uh, along with, some of the old boys, you know, I, I get a little flack for apprenticing people. I do not want to be known as an apprentice factory and I am not, you think I'm an apprentice factory. Cool. I'll show you my emails about how many people that hit me up that want to get apprenticed every week. Um, well, you don't say no to anybody. Well, actually, uh, (laughs) I just didn't say no to you. Um, I have, um, I have a way of filtering people out. So for the people that are listening that are trying to get an apprenticeship, um, it's it, this is the way I do it. And I'm guessing other people do it too. Um, I'm going to tell you no five, mm-hmm. six times. You keep coming back, that shows me you want it. I also charge for my apprenticeships, not because I want your money. I don't want your money. I'm going to spend more taking you out for a beer and telling you the way the real world works then you're going to spend on your apprenticeship over the course of a couple of years. But um, you need to have some skin in the game. I'm Mm -hmm. a firm believer in that. You need to have skin in the game. And um, finances is the best way to have skin. Um, I recently did this online um, training thing um, called Tattoo Business Mastery. I, I think I may have mentioned it to you, maybe not. Uh, if you haven't, check it out. But um, it was a grip of money up front. I took it and I was vested. Um, I have offered it. I downloaded the audio for every one of my artists. There's a lot of artists and nobody fucking done it. Ain't nobody gone all the way through um, because they're not vested. Um, you need to vest in yourself for, for the, for the, there, there's two schools of thought. You should never charge for apprenticeship and be, well, you should charge. I charge. I didn't come across my information for free. I've spent a lot of money, a lot of hours over the years researching what I know. Um, I have fucked up more tattoos and, um, client experiences and everything else than hopefully any of my apprentices ever will, but I've done these things and that is what you're paying for. I want skin in the game. If you're an apprentice, I'm going to charge you. I don't want your money. That's not what it's about. I want you to feel the loss of something. I want you to invest in something. So when you get all mad and leave, Oh, I don't like this person. I got nothing in it. I'm just going to go down the road. People connect to money. So um, that, that was something I wanted to, to, to tap into earlier. Um, it doesn't bother me. I think, I think it's, you know, 
look, it's all in who you ask, right? If, if, if I want what you got, I got to deal with what you, what, what hoops you're going to make me jump through. Whatever my price is, whatever the fuck the price is. If I really want it, I better be willing to do it. And it really doesn't matter. Um, the way it was in my dad's salon, just to give you a, for instance, and maybe you, maybe you want to adopt some of this, but this is what I liked about it. My dad actually, um, when he was training hairstylists, he would give them a salary. It was base pay. You know, you, you didn't get a raise or anything until you earned a raise. Um, you do get a, you did get a pay per hour salary, but you had to sign this lengthy contract that basically in, in, indebted you for like three years past when you were licensed. So that's what my dad wanted. He wanted your professionalism for time because he knew that he was cultivating professional. And so what he wanted was if he's going to make you, he gets at least the beginning part of your, your professionalism and career. So what he wanted was your time. And he knew that he would make a good amount of money with exactly the kind of professional he wanted to have with him because he was about to sculpt you into the person you'd become. So what he did was he'd pay you a salary, base salary, and you'd have to go through all of your hours, which if you're not going through school, which school was uh, at the time, I think it was like $15,000 to go to school. So you had to do all of your hours and the hours for, um, for cosmetology is, is 3,500 hours. So you had to do all of those. They have to be reported to the board. You have to submit, you know, regular um, timestamps of everything that you did. So you were working, you were working at least 30 hour weeks, um, uh, 30, 40 hour weeks. You had to do at least a full-time schedule in order to qualify. And you got paid, you got paid to actually learn unless you decided to not finish if you decided not to finish and you decided to quit, every single week that you worked was prorated to the $15,000 that you would pay if you went to school. So if you decided to walk out on your apprenticeship, you would then owe my father what education you got. So any amount of time that you completed, you'd have to pay him for that time. And it, you were contractually ob- obligated to do that. Now, within that, my father had to take people to court. He had to take people to court for uh, non-compete agreements. He had, you know, he had to be willing to do all of that stuff. But you would pay if you decided to walk away. And like I said, after you got licensed, you owed him three years, three years of your professional career, and then you could go. Um, And you could go anywhere. Really. Um, He did have you sign a very reasonable non-compete that was basically like, you can't go to the place like right down the road. Um, But, but that was it. And for me, that was a great apprenticeship kind of thing is that like, you know, you were, you were, you could work your job. Your job was your education at that point, you're being paid to learn. And he did give raises once, once he showed, saw your dedication and how, how great you were, you would get a raise upon, you know, like quarterly assessments he would do and kind of see your performance. And if you were killing it, man, um, you got a raise because the other thing in our salon too, is we were a non-tipping salon. So there wasn't tips or anything like that. It was all like, you know, we charged what we expected to get paid and everything was transparent that way. Um, 
And, and that was a choice they made as a, as a profession too, just simply because uh, when, when the IRS audits, they'll audit the whole, the whole place, you know, and they'll, they'll do that just to make it easier on them. You know, they'll just pick a business and start audit, auditing that the whole lot. So the problem is, is that with tipping, all of the compliance is on the practitioner to actually account for their tips. Yeah. yeah. And, but the business is held liable for that. So if you didn't claim your tips correctly and the business knows you're not claiming them correctly, like they know that you put some shit on your tip accounting form that isn't accurate, they can't change it for one, but then they're held to those <laughs> tips. So my parents were like, well, fuck it. If we can't trust you guys to actually claim your tips as you're supposed to, we're just not going to have tipping in here. We're, we're just not going to do that. We're going to charge what we actually, everything's going to be a la carte. You know, our clients, they'll have a menu. They'll be able to, if they want a hairstyle, you know, hair blowout, that's a cost. If they want, you know, they had certain, um, they had certain things. Like if you had extra hair, you had to pay a little bit more because there is more work involved in extra hair. Like all these things, like extra product, everything was a la carte. They just charge. And, you know, there was just no tipping and it was a $45 haircut, you know, like, but if you think about it, if you're paying, you know, for a regular haircut and then you're tipping on top of it, you're probably spending 45 bucks right there. Yeah. 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 Um, Filling the need um, that way, you know, I, I can totally see that being a thing with, Mm -hmm. with, with our craft. Um, uh, You know, restaurants are doing it now. I mean, it's, it's, it's a whole new world Um, to, to back up on the um, apprentice stuff a little bit. um, My process, uh, and I should have mentioned it before, so I'm sorry to backtrack, but, um, no, it's good. I'm glad I, I, I can teach you how to tattoo in a weekend. I mean, I can teach you how to put in a line. That's easy. Um, where the apprenticeship matters is, um, I'm teaching you a career. Mm -hmm. Not only do you need to know how to tattoo, need to know how to build a webpage, need to know how to do social, uh, social marketing, um, you got to know how to do taxes. You got to know how to do advertising. All of these things. There is so much more. Tattooing is the easiest part of our fucking job. Tattooing is easy. Drawing is easy. Okay, that's the stuff we like. What we don't like is all the other bullshit, and that's what's going to make you successful. You really need, um, in my opinion, you need a mentor that's going to teach you not just to tattoo, but how to run a profitable business. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's so much to it, so much to it, taxes, all of these things. Um, you know, like you had mentioned with your father, like y- you want to run a um, easy going business, but you know, when, when people aren't claiming their taxes and all this stuff, like you got to know how to do that stuff. You got to know how to claim your taxes or know how to not. And, and, and who gets fucked in the end, yeah. you know, like, yeah. And that's the thing too, is that, you know, whatever resentments, like when I get on, you know, these Facebook forums and I hear people, you know, uh, upset at their business owner, I I just wonder sometimes, you know, there are shitty business owners out there for sure. But like, you're taking on so much more responsibility when you have, when you own a business and you run it. I mean, so much so that I've, I've witnessed it in, in being 
you know, with my parents, I've seen it and I, I'm like, now I'm a sole proprietor and I, it's, it's stifling for me to like, think about running a business, um, of artists and things like that. I've seen it done. I know it can be done. And I, I, but for me, it's just kind of like, is that it's a lot, man, it's a fucking lot. And I'm such a kid at heart and I'm so playful. And I, and I do, I do see, um, more good in people than I choose to see the bad. And that's not good when you want to run a business. (laughs) No, it's not. You have to be very balanced. And so I would either need a business partner or a couple business partners that are willing to see the, the other side of people and to guide me and help me with that um, on a regular basis. I know, Um, which isn't impossible either. It's just that I'm in this weird, quirky uh, place right now where everything kind of restarted for me and I have to assess certain things, but it's a, it's a lot, it's a lot. And to have compassion for your business owner and all the things that they take on, I mean, just the fact that you have toilet paper, you know, in the bathroom, where did that come from? Where did that come from? (laughs) It didn't just arrive. Well, now with Amazon it does, but yeah. Um, Yeah, uh, it's a real thing. Um, You know, I've talked to a couple artists before um, in the past. They're like, oh, I want to open my own shop. I'm like, that, I mean, good for you. I back everyone that wants to do whatever. I am cool. I am on your side. But just realize, you know, that light bulb that's 14 feet in the air, you got to change it. Guess what? You need a $120 ladder to do it. Yep. Um, like, Like all of these things add up. Um, I, I honestly, I don't know how I do it. Business owning and tattooing. I, I can tell you that at the scale that I'm at right now, um, I have a hard time focusing on tattooing. Um, there is nothing wrong with spending the first 10, 15 years of your life, just focusing on your craft. You don't need to own a shop. You don't need to have apprentices. You don't need to do any of these things. Just become good at what you do. And, and no, I agree. It's very simple. Everything follows. Um, I was down at uh, Explorer Tattoo Conference. Um, How was Chicago, that? I haven't been whatever. yet. I would like to catch it, one one it's, time. It's it's really cool. Um, yeah. they, I love yeah. Teresa. She's a cool cat. Yeah, yeah. No, they're they're, they're great. I, I think any education is an awesome thing. I've been doing this twenty one years, and I don't stop at a chance to learn something new. Um, whether I listen to it and abide by it is one thing, but I pass this information along. Um, but, uh, we were at this, uh, Explorer in Chicago. I don't know, 18, 19. I don't fucking know what year it was. And they did a raise of hands. How many people have been tattooing for two years, three years, you know, hands go up all over. Um, 15 less hands, 20 years. There was, well, I was at the 19 at the time or 18, so I didn't get to raise my hand. But there was one fucking dude who raised his hands at 20 plus years. Um, for, from my experience, and, and a lot of things have changed, so hopefully this has changed, but um, 20 years is a long, it's a very long time in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think everybody out there, um, this is the apprentice diaries. So I'm assuming people are fresh and green. Um, you, you, in your downtime, like put everything you put, everything you got into this by all means, put everything you got 
if you have a reserve, um, I'm going to tell you, it's a lot harder to do this shit after 20 years, 16 years, you're, you're doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's harder. Um, so just, you know, be prepared, um, in, invest in, in, in yourself. And, um, you, you don't have to be tattooing or you don't have to be drawn every night when you go home, live your life a little bit please live your life a little bit um, because it goes really fucking quick. And at the end of the day, we're changing people's lives, but um, we make a lot of sacrifices. So I just, I hope you guys all realize that, um, that that's okay. You are making sacrifices and um, you don't have to beat yourself in the ground when you, you know, have to reschedule and stuff, you know, like it's okay. You're human. I think that's the thing is that like, uh, it just being young in general, like it is this whole, like, I want to take on the fucking world kind of energy. And when you get older, you start realizing that like, I don't really want to take on the world. I just want to do what I do well. And, and that's, and that's what it becomes is that, you know, and I think that, you know, the advice that you were giving was great because it's the truth. It's like in the beginning, I think it's important to, just know yourself, know yourself really, really well, know what you want. Like you started this out by saying, I I made a pact with myself that I didn't want a normal nine to five job. I, that was never that I was never that guy. So I knew that about myself, you know, early on. And if you know those things about yourself, be honest, you know, like me, I didn't want to have kids. That was a big thing. That's a big thing that like a lot of my peers, you know, I see them have to sacrifice for their families in lieu of their job that I don't have to do. And, and I, I made that choice very clearly up front because I knew I, one, I knew that I was invested. It wasn't invested in being a parent. I wanted to have legacy of my career and myself and my, you know, I wanted to throw it in that way. Um, but you know, there's, there becomes, as you get older, more and more obstacles uh, and expectations of life per your age and per what you have set up for yourself. And it's not to say that you can't do it all. I've seen people do everything, you know, they, they can, but they, they get agents to help them. You know, the people that I see uh, do it. The reason why you're probably able to do this now, Garrett, is because you've cultivated, cultivated a lot of great connections. You know, you have a whole studio full of you know, dope professionals that you help bring about that are all now working together and they're helping you hold it up. You know, you're not doing it by yourself, you know, and, and same thing with your family, you make good choices, you know, you're, you're working with your family and all of that, you know, you're able to have those things too. It's not to say that there weren't bumps in the road. There's constantly bumps in the road, but um, yeah, in the beginning, especially with tattooing, because there is no, there is no 401k, Unless you, unless you make sure you, you set that money aside. <laughs> no sick days. Yep. Yeah. None no of health that. insurance. And, yeah, it, and it's still like that. It's still like that. I only know, I know that loose screw, um, Jesse Smith's uh, shop. That's, that's the one that I know that is really hammering and, and doing some things that are, um, very unique in how they're doing uh, business. They even, um, what is it called? Is it called allied? It's a it's a credit company. They're even like allowing for credit lines uh, to be oh yeah, yeah. You know, be done yeah. to get tattoos. Yeah, who would have thought? Who would have thought right? ten years right. ago? Right, years my ago. boss, my <laughs> boss actually ten years ago he was like, I'm thinking about 
having credit lines. <laughs> and for me, I, I just, you know, for me, like you had said, tattoos are not necessities. They don't feed, they don't house or clothe anybody. So it is, for me, it, it, it is something where um, my conscience kind of comes in at times where I'm like, do I just want to mainline a, a very, very addictive drug to somebody? And, <laughs> you know, and that's kind of me with like the credit line thing. I was like, you know, imagine as a bartender, you know, I mean, you can, people can use credit cards, but can you <laughs> just like, I think that would take the romance out of it. Me oh personally. my God. I mean, you well, know. it just, it just is whole new levels of addiction <laughs> that I just don't, yeah. you know, as, as a practitioner, I, 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 I kind of, you know, it's a lot of power and I'm not, I don't, I don't want to hang up on anybody's way of playing the game. I think, you know, make your money, make it in any way that you know you have to and, and hang the rest and, and know what is and isn't your responsibility. It's not my responsibility to tell an alcoholic or anybody not to drink. It isn't, but I want to encourage, you know, good things in people always. Yeah. And I always want to cultivate, you know, something I want my mark on the world to be like, you know, this is what I invested myself in and this is what I allowed yeah. for. And so that, that's my only thing with it. It's just like, Holy shit, man. I don't know. Uh, I already have people coming in and, and thinking about, do I buy diapers for my baby this week or do I get a tattoo? You know, <laughs> like, yeah, you know yeah. like, um, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to put that on like a whole other scale. Yeah. No, <laughs> you, you know, there, there, there's money out there to be made and, and I don't, I don't want it that bad. I don't, uh, you know, I think integrity is, is, Still very much a thing, thank God, in our craft. Um, integrity is still there, and I think we should keep that. Um, you know, I, I will gladly turn down a tattoo, uh, you know, on a hand or a neck or whatever, you know. Like, I, I think there's a lot of people out there that will do that. They'll turn it down because it's a bad idea, and who are we to judge? You know, like you said, I, you know, the alcohol alcoholic wants to spend his money on alcohol good for them um not that you know the financing thing is is part of this but like i'm good <laughs> i'm good yeah. <laughs> like it's cool good for you you know like right. for whoever wants to do it but i i don't want to work with um I don't want to finance. I don't want to well, work with people financing. I mean, it, it would have to be, I'd have to be at Jesse Smith's level of awesome. He does huge body suits and that's yes, his regular. Fair enough, fair and enough. so I feel like that's why he went there is because he wanted to continue doing body suits yeah. and he want, he wanted to encourage people to get them because once you sacrifice that skin on a smaller tattoo, that's now something he has to work around. He'd much rather yeah. you come to him fresh skin, you know, ready to rock and roll on a huge piece and so it makes sense. It makes sense for yeah. him to do that. Um, I, I probably would too, if I, you know, yeah, if I, I agree, I, I agree with that. If sure. my shit gets much bigger, I mean, I'm doing full leg sleeves and shit, but I could very well see, you know, like, Oh yeah. Like let put half down right here. You'll pay it off throughout the month and we'll just keep hammering away, man. Like, <laughs> you know, because I do, I like, I like doing bigger pieces. Um, but I also like doing smaller pieces too. Like I can see that as well. And going back to your flash thing, like that's another thing that's happening is now, now you're having people who are professionals who are moving into flash only, but it's their signature flash. And you know, Jordan just, just decided to do it because, you know, the custom work, there's so much more work that she has to put into yeah. that. And yeah. 
the the other thing about it is is that that I think is really cool and specific to her. She's been doing it for a considerable amount of time, enough to have gotten to that level. She also owns this tattoo studio, which I think is very significant about her place in life too. You know, I, I could I could hear in her voice a little bit of like kind of guilt that she was taking this, you know, following this path. But I was like, dude, this is a perfect move for you. First of all, her stuff is so signature, you know, like she is just so marketed, so branded, like in one very, very awesome power punch, boom basket, awesome peacock colors, everything this way um, that I'm like, yeah, you are branding yourself like that. That is that is the height of of branding and stuff. And now people are going to be collecting a, a Jordan Lefay. Like that's yeah. that's yeah. it. You you are now you have reached that point, and this is a great place for you to be in. And there's no guilt to have in it. Like people will will be biting at the bit. And they'll still get tattoos that mean something to them. They're just going to follow you. And they're just going to pay a lot of attention to the work that you put out as far as flash. And then they're just, they're just going to fucking buy that. They're going to be like, oh my God. And it, it happened to me. Like one of the girls that, that I have her tattoo, it started. I haven't finished it yet. I'm terrible like that. Um, but, but when she started her apprenticeship, I saw this awesome tattoo that she drew up that she wasn't, she wasn't tattooing. She had no idea how to tattoo it. She just drew it. And I was like, I want that. And she's like, I don't even know how to tattoo that yet. I'm like, I don't fucking care. (laughs) Let's book it. (laughs) That I want. That is not to go to anyone else. That's my tattoo. I want that tattoo. (laughs) And so, you know, like, like already she, she got, she got me there and that's what she does now. Most of her work that she does is ready-mades and, and they're custom pieces. And she's only in, I think she's in her second, maybe pushing third year of tattooing and fucking killing it, man. Like killing it. And it's a, like you said, it's a very viable approach now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, throwing, throwing your stuff out there. Like mm-hmm. the, I see it all the time and it works. Um, one thing that I've learned in, the years of doing this is um, I, I found myself um, become very upset at the designs. Uh, I've been tattooing in the same area, um, 20 mile radius um, for 20 years. And people are coming to me for shit that I would have done 15 years ago, 10 years ago. Thank God. I mean, I love my clients. They're awesome. I mean, <laughs> they keep coming back. Like they send me their kids. You know, I remember tattooing names on some of these people and you know, they're newborn and now their kids are coming to me, which is awesome. Wow, that's awesome. I'm very fortunate for that, but I am not the same artist that right. I was two years ago, 10 years ago. Sure as fuck. 20 years ago. Um, so that is one thing that, so, um, the younger tattooers with social media and stuff, um, with my two apprentices now, they had a social media following. These little shits are booked up three months in advance. I'm, and I'm like, how the fuck? Well, like what? Um, it's crazy to me. Um, I don't know where I was going with this, but I had a point to make. 
<laughs> I hope about I the flash it. about them doing their own oh, design. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's, it's a real thing, you know, throw your designs up. Um, people are going to get into them. Um, it, it works and don't short yourself on it. No. Um, charge what you want and, and charge a little bit more. People are going to get it. Yeah. Um, speaking of charging, I'm not trying to plug something else. It's not my business. Um, if you really want to learn your self-worth, I highly suggest um, checking out Tattoo Business Mastery. Um, it's with Joshua Carlton and uh, I love Joshua Carlton. Matt he's such Clemmer a, and that's a good yeah, guy. Yeah, it's just, it's a it's a beautiful thing. If if anybody that's listening is like a couple years into their tattooing career, this should change my world. I don't stop learning. I I keep doing these things um, and I try to pass them on. But um, quit selling yourself short. Put those designs up. Somebody's gonna want them. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's very valid. Flash is we. I just ordered uh Mr. Flash machine, Mr. Tattoo Flash. My boyfriend. Uh, I forget what it is. Do you want to say hi to my boyfriend? He's my co-host typically. Well, <coughs> I, I co-host. Come on in, say oh, hi. <laughs> this is Garrett. Um, he can't hear you. Though. I have to hook him up so he can yeah. hear. Um, this is Garrett. He just got back. He was uh he was actually with my um parents I'm, all day. I'm going I'm going back there tomorrow because I didn't say my muzzle work because it was a project. We got down two trees. Oh. He okay, so um so my dad has a gun range at his house and we're gun people. Uh, <laughs> but we're we're gun people because oh. we're hunters. Um yeah. and I say Same. we lightly. Yeah, my my boyfriend, he um I'm going to disconnect real quick. Um, you can still hear me, but but I can't hear myself. Um, my boyfriend, his name's Rico, by the way. <laughs> Rico Garrett, Garrett Rico. Um, Rico, nice to meet you. Hey, nice to meet you. Come on in. Let me get you in this frame here so you can join us. So nice. Rico. So Rico's a hunter. <laughs> and so he has... Um, he just recently got into muzzle loader um, because you know he wants to hit different seasons of the year. And well, I've always hunted with one. I just never really messed with them because yeah. actually before this year I was actually kind of terrified of the old style. Yeah, you know, yeah, I haven't done that yet. Because no. <laughs> you know if you load if you load one of those wrong, like and you leave a gap between the the actual bullet and the powder, you just it's going to blow up in yeah. your hand. Yeah. Yeah. Just, but just it's actually like, pretty uh, simple. You just, you know, beat the shit out of the thing and make sure it's, it's like there. Elmer Fudd, you know? Oh, <laughs> shit. It, that, that's like best case scenario. Usually it'll probably be like, you know, lethal. What are you hunting for down there? Where, where are you deer. White-tailed deer, Maryland. Yep. Yep. Oh. White-tailed deer. Um, he's also. I, at- I mean, I hunt like everything. Like I'll go pheasant hunting, quail, goose. You know, because I'd rather eat, you know, fresh. Yeah. yeah. No, then during the spring and summer, we go fishing and we always have a freezer full of rockfish, white perch. Yeah. So he was, he was actually, he went to go sight in his muzzleloader, uh, which he was like, are you coming? And I'm like, no, I got interviews today. Uh, I got to do it tomorrow because it turned out to be, dude, man, the second tree we were cutting them down and they both got hung up with the second one. It was awfully damn scary. Because I got hung up on this one little tree. I can't even believe that this little tree could even hold this weight. I was like, you've got to be fucking joking. <laughs> then her dad went down there, right? Cut it. I mean, the thing was completely cut the whole way. And I was like, holy shit. So I told Uncle Tommy, I was like, Uncle Tommy, I'm going to go get the sledgehammer and I'll, and I'll hit this fucking thing. Dude, I gave it good, two good taps. Pop, 
boom, the second time I hit it, it kicked it out that way. And, dude, I just took off the opposite direction. I didn't even turn around to watch it fall. I just took the fuck off because the thing, the littler, oops, just dropped something. The littler tree just kicked. And then the big one just went, and I just heard boom, boom. I was like, holy shit, Uncle Tommy got tagged by a tree branch. Oh. Yeah. It barely got him. It grazed him. Jesus. Yeah. Her dad is kind of reckless. Yeah. When it cut, like I was watching him cut down the little tree, and I was like, go on the other side. Go on the because I was like, if the fucking tree falls, he's gone, dude. You can't tell a sixty-some-year-old guy that he's reckless. He's gotten this. Oh spot. no, but yeah, yeah, her, we're successful. Tommy, we're successful. Tommy is her is a uh, you know her dad's older brother, so he lays the law down, and he he was actually good because he's like, hey, Ron, get on the other side of that tree. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I would I, I would have yeah. never pegged pegged you as a hunter. That's awesome. That's cool as fuck, man. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, man, he's he's cool. He's a he's a hunter. He's a weightlifter, um, and he also um, his his family owns a forty year old pizzeria uh, in our area. Um, so you got small business, small business just flowing through you. That's why we get along. Yeah, yep, and he yep. is he is my when I said earlier how I tend to like you know only think about the best in people. He's my negative part. He's my antithesis. Like he's like yeah, and that's something. You got to watch seeing only the good parts of people. I'll tell you a lot about the bad. So he's my good balance. Yeah. Cause like my, my philosophy in life is like, you know, to me, whenever I meet somebody, their cup is empty. Cause you got to fill it with trust, yep. gonna, you know, and like put it with poison or milk. Yep. Yep. And you can actually, you know, fill it with trust and you could dump that motherfucker out just like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I don't give people the benefit of the doubt. Like, that's just who I am. Cause like, you know, like we're pretty much yin and yang. Like she like, you know, gives but people you're giving them, them, you're giving them an empty cup. That's the benefit of the doubt, isn't it? There you go. There you there go. You I go. mean, <laughs> for real, like you know, you're right. giving them an empty cup. I'm just saying like, not trying to, right. not trying to start on, but like, I, I, I do the same thing. I, I give people an empty cup and I don't care what somebody is, what I've heard. I hear a lot. Like, yeah, you know, it's our world, but, um, until you fuck me over, like we cool. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Don't start nothing, won't be nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't start shit, won't be shit. <laughs> I've learned a lot from him. That's why he's my co-host. Is that one, he's funnier than me. Um she does all the work though. Like I'm not tech for shit, dude. <laughs> like if you put the computer and you're like, hey, do this. I'm like, cool, let me find my nephew. Hey, do this for me. <laughs> you know, like, like my cell phone is about as far as it goes. I'm, You know, even growing up, man, like, I never wanted to play video games. Like, I was, and primarily it's because of my upbringing. You know, my, my stepdad was military, man. Like, we were kicked the fuck outside. Like, from the time you ate breakfast, yeah. your ass yeah. was outside. You ride your bike. Yeah, or do something, just, you know, not be seen. Yep. You know? Um, he would put two cups filled with ice and a, one of those old school Gatorade, uh, you know, those things you used to see at football games, the water, uh, jugs. Yeah. One yeah. of those on the front porch. That was our water. If we had to piss, you pissed outside. <laughs> and you're in Maryland. You no, I grew up in, there? um, Virginia. Okay. Okay. Hence the yeah. twang. <laughs> my, my whole, like, I'm, I'm a very unique, like, my dad's from Southern Italy. My mother's Puerto Rican. My stepdad was a black military dude, you know? So like, and I was right. And my stepdad speaks because my sisters, they're my stepsisters, but I consider my sisters, uh, my stepdad, Freddie, his daughters are half uh, Napolitan, half black and Italian because their mother 
was from Naples, Italy, like my dad and uh, Lydia and Christina, my two sisters, their mother, Antonella, was from the same town. My dad knew her. Like, so since she was crazy. a baby, it's, it's so weird how life works out, man. It's really trippy. Yep. So, yeah, he speaks fluent Napolitan. Like, you know, like, so my whole upbringing, man, was like, you know, just, it was, it was everything. Like, you know, I had, I had everything. Yep. All the worlds. Yep. It's awesome, man. It's awesome. The best pizza. Yep. I want him to tattoo a, a little slice of pizza on me. And you know what the cool um, thing about growing up with all these different types of people is you learn that everybody's an asshole, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, amen, amen. Everybody's a fucking dick. <laughs> I don't care where you come from. Like, dude, it's all the same shit. That's why when, when Jordan, she, um, she made me a part of a... Uh, uh, Instagram group and it's just a bunch of ladies or, or femme identifying and you know she wanted us to talk about her pronouns I said dude you can call me whatever you want I was like I'm just happy to be here asshole applies sometimes so I'll even come to that <laughs> yep. whatever you like man you just I'm just like I said I'm just happy to be here feel like one of the cool kids I was chosen yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I don't get too bent on the uh, uh, on the titles either. You know, yeah. uh, I, I never refer to myself as the owner. Um, you know, yeah. I'm just one of the crew. Um, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and and you're dope too. Like I, um, I do love the. Uh, so he's boss hoss, but he's he doesn't boss act hoss. like that. That's a good leader. Yeah. Yep. Some exciting news, diary listeners. We actually got a wonderful promotional code from Reinventing the Tattoo recently, and we're happy to share this with you. It's 10% off on a subscription to Reinventing the Tattoo. And if you don't know about this wonderful, wonderful service, it's continuing education for working professionals, very geared around tattooers. But I would venture to say that if you are looking to improve your art skills and have regular momentum to your creative creativity and to your own professional education, I can't recommend it enough. One of the prime people that you will be critiqued by and helped with and draw with and all of that good stuff is Guy Acheson. And if you don't know about him, you probably should. He is a very, very pivotal person in our industry. I joined them for, for one exercise. I, I did a color study. I mean, Rico sat there and, and watched me the other night do mm -hmm. a, a color study exercise with Guy and company, and it was amazing. I was flexing all kinds of muscles. It's just all around if you want to improve your art skills. I can't see a better way than hanging out with a lot of professional artists and seeing the kind of work that they do and the kind of exercises they work on all the time. It's www.reinventingthetattoo.com backslash The Apprenticeship Diaries. So again, that's www.reinventingthetattoo.com backslash The Apprenticeship Diaries. And that's going to save you 10% on your subscription. Go check it out, folks. There's definitely a difference between a leader and a boss. You know, we've all seen the memes and stuff. And um, I try to... Uh, you know, I stay in the trenches with my crew. I, I'm there. Um, you know, nobody wants to work for a non-tattooer. And uh, I'm just really afraid of that day where I can't tattoo anymore. And it, it, it's, it's, it's coming. 
Well, you're not a non-tattoo artist. You are, you are, um, uh, I think a seasoned <clears throat> professional. Retired. There you go. Yeah. That's good. A seasoned I like professional. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, that's the thing is that this job is so many <clears throat> jobs. Like, you know, for somebody, I, I, I'm a nut, I'm a crazy person. He's always saying, eat what's on your plate. And I'm like, I am, I'm just taking my good, sweet time. <laughs> There's a lot that I like to put on my plate. Thank you. Um, <laughs> like, but yeah, this job, it's, it's a million jobs all at once. Like you said, in our day, especially we had to learn everything, um, how to craft our needles and stuff like that. There was, there was more to the industry that we actually had to learn. But even without that, like you said, They've been replaced with social media marketing, with with admin work, with HR, with, um, you know, having to have a professionalism kind of air about you. Um, What does that look like? You know, uh, there's there's different there's different things that now are the task of this new generation. And so there's still a lot of jobs involved, though. It's still doing everything in a bag of chips for for the for the job itself, because it's not it's not just tattooing, like you said. Um, you know, teaching somebody to tattoo, that's a very small slice of it, honestly. Um, the rest is what is hard and, and will, and it gets harder and harder as you get older. And I do feel like it's necessary to recognize those things within what you're capable of and what you still can be capable of doing as you get older, it doesn't mean that you're not a tattoo artist. It just means that you're a tattoo artist who recognizes their strengths at this point and has learned to specify what those strengths are. And it might be management at that point, because you know what a tattoo artist has to go through, you know, what they, what they need and how to cultivate that. So becoming just a management at that point, after having, you know, 21 years of tattooing behind your belt. Damn. Yeah, right, right. You've right. been tattooing for 21 years? Yes. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Yep. Yeah. Like a fucking yeah. Jedi. He is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it feels like some days, man. <laughs> um, Just watching her, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's fun. Um, I, I love what I do. You know, in short, I, I'm very fortunate. I, I don't ever forget that. I'm very fortunate and I love sharing. I think, you know, maybe my retirement plan, um, what I really, really fucking love is building shops. I love building shops. I love helping younger tattooers. Um, I love just that experience of, of creating something and, and watching it be successful. Um, so, you know, if I, if, and when I live long enough to retire, hopefully I do, um, that's going to be my, you know, that that's going to be something in, 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 you know, where I'm going to try to focus is building a dope shop for people. Um, you know, probably not a lot of money in it, but I like it. So it's okay. I go with it because I could see, so, so you're a person who really likes to keep your education high, um, and all of that. Uh, you like building shops. Do you remember the show? Forget, I forget what it was called, but it was about it was this really hard ass lady. Eureka's Castle. I know, right? <laughs> this is why he's on the show. It's fucking hilarious. Um, no, not that one. Um, it was this hard ass lady. I forget her name. I would. It would be great if I remembered the name of the show. Um, but it was all about um, this woman 
being basically uh, a, a turnaround person. Like she would go to hair salons and she could. Oh yeah, with them. the short white hair and yes. the, she looked like an alien. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love and that she was, show. Yes. See, that's what I'm saying. I could see you doing that. Like to me, that would be great because you're a personality. You love sharing like that. You keep your standards high. You you you've apprenticed. You know. Uh, at least a dozen people, you know, like, you know, you yeah. kind of know what to look for. Yeah. And so if you had a position like that, where you could go <laughs> around and you could actually educate other shop owners and do so through a medium like that, where you go into shops and you like kind of go, Hey, you want to turn your shop around? Let me show you how to do that. And then you, you kind of like go through everything that they're doing and be like, well, let's sit down and let's talk about this. But you do it in front of everybody. That could be a cool thing. Like the Robert Irvine yeah. tattoo studio. Yeah. Yeah. I there, mean, they there, do was, there was that series, Tattoo Business Rescue or Tattoo Rescue. And I don't know why that thing failed. I mean, it was such a... Between that and that alien chick, I, I fucking love that. <laughs> right. like, and and bar rescue, like it, it's 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 all um, uh, it's all a real thing. You know, I, yeah. I would enjoy the fuck out of that. It's a great Maybe. premise. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a great premise. I mean, you could do it solo. You know, a lot of people like they're doing it. You know, that's why I started a podcast too, is because. I like the idea of being a certain kind of personality. Definitely sacrificed a lot of you know kind of normal things that people do uh to you know have kids and all that kind of stuff to be the personality I am and I really um I like you I I love business I love um turning up the heat like raising the bar of potential I just geek out about that shit and I and because I'm always going to be doing that stuff anyway you know this this is an education for me all in once I mean and and it's a good good thing for my relationship too we've had We've had we've had some wild rides and just podcasting some dumb dumb arguments between us as creatives. Like we've had to really establish like who was who and what kind of you know what kind of uh, insights we're going to to have and and it's been dumb um, but awesome at the same time. And so it's just been a really good grounding thing that has one yielded a product, you know, the podcast. But then it has been such a great thing for me as a student and a and a and a constant, you know, insatiable learner of life yeah. because it keeps me in touch with what these kids are doing these days and meeting tattoo artists like I don't you. even care what they're doing these days. I'm just like you guys know. Well, see, this is the reason why he's on the podcast too because <laughs> gangs my yin. You know, like <laughs> I'm the one who gets the interviews. He's the one to sit it down and says, "Eureka's Castle." <laughs> Here's a crazy fact that all these the new generation does not have. What when we were all born. There was somebody still alive from the 1800s. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's crazy. Uh, that trips me out when I think about it. I think about <laughs> a lot of weird shit. Because, you know, when you're sitting in the woods, you're not thinking of like, you're just looking around like you're basically just sitting there. And I just think of all these random ass things. <laughs> like, whoa. <clears throat> you, you, hunt, you hunt a lot, don't you? Oh, dude, I've been out um, <laughs> since... The season, the rifle season started uh, Thanksgiving. I've been out almost every day since t- like a day after Thanksgiving, minus the Sundays. So this is the first year because, you know, my family were remodeling and rebuilding in one of our locations. 
Um, like I usually hunt a lot, but like, I've never hunted this hard and it's because like, I'm, I've had a lot of uh, leisure time, you know? Yeah. So I've been hunting every single day. I'll probably hunt like, you know, just as much, probably not as hard next year, but I'll probably have to go in early in the morning before work. Well, it depends on what you consider hunting. Um, there, his dad's finally, um, getting a commercial fishing license. So they're going to be integrating, uh, the shop now her. commercial fishing license for the you know regular guys is not like you know you're using no. drag nets no it's called it's a hook, hook and line, line permit hook and line so you can catch up to 400 pounds of fish in a day but guess what all that better be done with a fucking fishing rod buddy yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah oh. And, and it's fucking impossible because if you catch like say 15 16 like 20 pound fish you're not going to want to catch any more fish yeah like yeah it's you're gonna be like this is bullshit. It's just like you know going to the shooting range. I don't know if you're you know a gun person, yeah. but after you dump so many rounds, you're like I'm not even having fun anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good. You know, I did it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that little guy. Well, and that's the other thing. Uh, Zikus. That's Zikus. <laughs> He's always in the middle. <laughs> My other little girl, she's just like I, I'll I'll deal with you when I want to. Like she's very she's a very cat cat. Um, but yeah, he always makes an appearance on the show. So, so how many, uh, did you, okay. So I want to get back to like your apprenticeship yeah. and everything. I already know it was like the old school, like, yeah, cause I totally crashed you guys' interview. I well, just we came were, in and I was like, Hey guys, we were doing? meandering anyway. <laughs> Garrett's trying, so we're helping with this cause it's a thing. Garrett's trying to blow out the record for the longest podcast. So we're just going to, we're just aiding and betting this right now. Um, we'll meander around <laughs> and circle back. And I haven't even started. I have not <laughs> even started. Wait, we're trying to break the record. Uh, yeah. I, he's breaking I'm going to grab a beer around the corner, but I'm Do listening. It. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So what's the record? Well, the record, I think, it's either Jordan or Ellie. Ellie, we had a three-parter with her. But Jordan, I think, was the longest that we what, had. And that was what? I think it was almost four hours. Like, we did, like, three hours and some, like, serious change with um So he has to go, like, four-plus hours with me. All right. I just got to say, what was in that glass? Because, like. Pre workout. Oh, pre wow. You just dumped it on you. I know, but, like, that is totally not healthy to drink because it literally looks like some type of, uh like powder yeah, like it, not not like but i'm talking about like some type of uh not, thing you're not supposed to drink what? it's like it's stained like kind of stained. baking soda does that if you jump ba baking soda on you it does that you can you can you can drink baking soda and it's fine it's actually good for you well i don't care i just gotta like shit all over you just, my jeans you shouldn't gotta, like, you shouldn't turn cups over willy-nilly like that well they were and it was a pid it appeared to be empty <laughs> well just so the listeners know oh, i got you an energy drink i haven't see, i forgot it i haven't worked out i did pre-workout just because to sit here and have some some energies i worked out i worked out mm -hmm. i worked my mouth mm -hmm. out Ooh, Ooh, no not like that <laughs> no it's just been just been regaling people with all my nonsense regaling regaling all these big words but yeah we got we got so big far words. so to catch you up we got so far with garrett as he got an apprenticeship, uh, it was a guy he met at the bar that he was tending bar at, at that point. Uh, it was like a goth bar. It was really interesting. Cool. A goth bar. Yeah. You got to meet a lot of tattoo artists there. So that's Probably really it, dark in there. Oh, I'm sure. Then he got his apprenticeship and. Not he, a pop of color in sight. That's right. 
It's all black, all black and a lot of eyeliner. ICP um, just blaring. Oh my God. <laughs> That's kind of a whole other crowd. Fucking UFO pants everywhere. Oh my God. It's a lot of pleather. <laughs> a lot of pleather and a lot of buckles and a lot of. Now the kids where, where I'm, you know, when I went to school, like where I was from, down, you know, Virginia Beach, freaking, they wore like long black trench coats and like these weird. They called them UFO pants. And I'm just like, that's cool. I like baggy jeans, but like, this is like overboard. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, goth kids in the city <clears throat> were like goth kid. Got ICP kids were like some kind of weird mingling of those things. Like it was like, <laughs> there's twang on it. <laughs> you know, uh, like, I, I never heard any of their music, but I just know they had that little butcher man. Yeah, they did. We did. It, we did it. I'm sure Garrett and I have done a number of hatchet men. Um, so that was a thing. I, I did a couple myself. <laughs> the last I was talking to Pat, um, Pat Ross, uh, before you, and he was. I was like, "Which was what's one with a tattoo that was overdone a lot?" And he said, "The Godsmack Son." I was like, "Holy shit! I forgot about the Godsmack <laughs> the Son." God. They were good when I was a kid. Uh, they. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> They were never good. Notice <laughs> like I said when I was a kid. When I was, so it so was certain sugar cereals that I don't think are all that great now. <laughs> but and when I say like it was like one song was cool, you know, you're like I was like 13 or 14. I was like, fuck yeah. That fucking son was lit, man. Like every other person wanted that fucking son. It was crazy. I remember all that. mine are 3D now. Like I'll cover oh. them up, but you can still see them, fuckers. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was that's how you put in a tattoo back then. And then they slapped it, set the yep, ink. Yep. <laughs> aside from aside from the tediousness of what you guys do, just I, I couldn't be a tattoo artist. I can't I can't even do art for real because I can't sit there. You know, and then you're having to deal with people moving and like because you're inflicting pain, like people are moving. I couldn't do it, man. I can't sit still for more than like 10 minutes, dude. Like I'm just going to be real. I'm just like, Oh my God. <laughs> you know, it's not for everybody. Um, I, you know, I would be the worst car salesman in the world. Cause I'd be like, what do you want? Nothing. Okay, cool. Um, it's not for everybody. I, I couldn't be a police officer. I couldn't, I, there's a lot of things I couldn't do. Um, and, and I'm okay with that, you know, like, but I, I'm really curious to see what, like, like we talked about before, like, what could I do with what I know? Like, mm-hmm. not what I don't want to do, but really, what could I do? Maybe running NASA, that might be, that might be too much, but. <laughs> you still do magic? Oh. Um, Yo. He does magic. Holy shit. Magic, I have loved forever. Magic yeah. is the coolest shit ever, man. Um, I haven't, I just picked up a, I picked up a bartender. Uh, his dad had uh, a box of stuff, and uh, I haven't done it for about twenty years. But um, I just picked up a box of his stuff. I'm like, eh, you know, maybe between uh, rehab and tattoo shops, maybe I'll do some magic shows or something. I don't know. <laughs> we'll or combine it all. Like you know, that would be. I mean, you're definitely what I gathered from you right away at at the meeting because uh, he was he was a part. Now, did you start the fart meetings? Did you found, um, found them? It, uh, so there's a couple people called Founding Farters. Okay. <laughs> um, that's me and Kane. Um, oh, wonderful. I like Kane. You know, yeah, yeah. G- great fucking dude. I was just at a shop today. I, I haven't been into another tattoo shop in years. Um, I finally went and um, got to see his shop. Um, 
just just a really good fucking dude. We were first time I really got to hang out with him. We were driving uh, out to uh, the Explorer Tattoo Convention or the okay. conference or whatever, and um, we carpooled and just shot the shit like that whole drive back. It's like a six hour drive. It went by like that. Um, so we've got like minds. Um, he's a young upcoming tattooer. He, he's fucking awesome, dude. Brilliantly his wife, both. Yeah. They're, they're, they're great people. Um, so that was just something the, the fart meeting, I, I don't remember where it started or what the idea was. It was just a couple of tattooers, um, trying to get people on the same page, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, um, I like the initiative of it. Um, and just, just so you know, um, it's Facebook advocates for responsible tattooing. Do you think I'm going to remember that? You better write that. It's a Minnesota chapter though. So (laughs) right now we're only in Minnesota. So it's a Minnesota Um, chapter, but I like it in the essence of it. And what I was going to say, I don't even remember what it was called. That's how fast I forget something (laughs) like that. You'd have to write that down. That's a lot. It is, but I, that's why they call it fart meetings, which is way more fun. Um, but like what I noticed about you right away is that you're a personality you have a, you have a cool personality and it's, it's likable. And I could see you marketing that like, that's a, that's a feature of yours that whether you own it or not, it's a thing and it's a cool thing. Um, yeah, man, like, uh, within it, like, as I said, you know, like magic, you can infuse magic in it. You can, now you have all this tattoo knowledge. You've been a tattoo artist for 21 years is amazing. Like that shit is amazing. Watching watching uh her tattoo people it's cool but like i said that's i could never man like my dexterity is is not that good for that <laughs> like it's uh, i'm gonna tell skin. you I, i'm tired <laughs> I'm, tired. <laughs> I'm tired man like for real <laughs> i'm tired um I, I i i chose this because i've always lived under the premise of if you find something you love to do, you find a way to make money out of it. You'll never work a day in your life. And I've, I've done that for my whole life. And only up until about the past three years, just pre COVID, um, was it becoming work? Um, and I'm going to tell you, it's a really, it's a really sad feeling. It's, it, it, it weighs on me every day. Um, I think, uh, just between you and me and everybody else listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think there comes a time in your career where um, just much, much like um, getting old and, and um, you like, you start reversing. Um, mm-hmm. When you have a fire, you under your ass, you, you can fucking kill it. Um, but when it gets monotonous, um, that's when it hurts and yeah. you need to find a way to stay fresh, you need to find a way to motivate yourself. Um, these artists, um, and, and I believe you do it as well, um, with the private studios, don't you, do, do you ever get bored stuck in your own head? You know, like, yes. do, I mean, you move around a lot. Uh, yeah. I mean, you were here doing a guest spot, but like, like it, it's gotta get tough. I, 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 I could not work in a solo studio. I I will say this, that I miss, um, 
you know, I, I, I miss being around other artists. I've always been around other artists, uh, whether, whether it was doing hair or being in art school or whatever, because I, I just like the environment of learning. And when they're, for me, that's a classroom. Like if I'm yep. in a classroom, then I'm, you know, I feel good. Um, so it is, it's challenging. Uh, I think it's necessary for me right now though, because, um, as, as much as I miss that classroom, it's kind of a, a hearkening for me to really quantify what I want and what I want to do um, moving forward and really kind of focusing, focusing, because that's the other thing that happens when you're in a shop full of a lot of people is you get distracted very easily um, by whatever thing going on in their life or whatever drama is happening that day in the shop or, you know, it's not like a drama drama, but you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, it's life. It's hard to, it's hard to focus on your own ambitions and goals. And so within this space, it's kind of making me focus on those things. Um, and so that's why, like you said, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep, I have a guest spot coming up in March, um, just to a PA shop that I love that I'm getting the rest of my neck tattooed by, um, the owner. He's, he's dope guy. I love him. And I've known him for a long time since I was in my third year of tattooing is when I met him. Um, and, uh, and so I'm going to do a guest spot with him just to be around the shop vibe. He was like, what do you want to do? Like, how do you want to work? I'm like, I don't fucking know. I just want to be around people. <laughs> I just, you know, I just miss like. As someone who works in the restaurant industry, I could totally be yeah. without people yeah. for a long while. Like, I mean, I was born into this shit. So, yeah. so you know, people. it's, um, <laughs> but it's what you get out of him too. Like he has to make a very consistent product that makes people very, very happy. And then that exchange. I like cooking. I like yeah. the cooking part, but I have to do all the parts. Yeah. I have to do the cooking. I talk to the people, which I'm, I'm really good at it, man. Like I'm not even tooting my own horn. It's. He is really good at it. It's fucking stupid, man. And my dad's like, goddamn customers will be saying like, I can't believe you're able. I'm, I'm, I just turned to a robot, man. Like when I'm professional, I am professional. Yeah. Like the person that I am does not exist when I'm, when it's time to make money. You know, like I am a 100% a professional. Yep, he is. That's what we talked about earlier going on stage. You know, you, you, your clients are looking for something specific. Um, It's the experience. It's, it's not always like the quality of the tattoo is relevant, but it's the experience. I remember walking into these shops when I was young, before I got a, before I was an apprentice, the smell of green soap, the smell of speed stick, all of these things, the intimidation walking up to a guy that looks very similar to you. And he says, what do you want, kid? Like it, it, it's a real <laughs> fucking thing. And we, we sell, we sell our time, but we also sell an experience. Um, and mm-hmm. the same with dining and, and, and restaurants and all that stuff. Um, yeah. You don't go to McDonald's, for the dining experience, you go there to feel your belly. You go to a nice steakhouse with a chef as beautiful as you are. Um, You know, um, we do sell an experience. It's a real thing. While I sit and say, yeah, all we do is, you know, draw skulls and roses all day. um, That's really fucking downplaying it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. We're selling an experience. But, you know, it's just, uh, I I think that, like, with food, uh, 
with food, it's, it's, uh, you got to kind of let people like, it's one of those things. Like if you're a server, for example, if you kind of are too service, you know, kind of thing, and you don't allow people to like eat before you're asking them, like, how's the food that can be overkill. So there's just a right amount of temperance and checking in. So it's a different kind of, um, interaction with tattooing versus what he does. Like he, it's a lot more fast paced, you know, he has hundreds of clients in a day, whereas I have one. So yeah, 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 maybe yeah. two. So like he, his, his pace is, is different. And it, and it was different with hair as well. Mm-hmm. Like, and you, you know, with bartending, he was a bartender first. Oh, so he already he knows. knows. He knows. So it, it's he knows a, like times 10 with that though. Cause yeah. bartenders, you got to remember shit on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I need like, show me like, you know, yeah. I was raised by a military person. I need specifics. detailed information i need i need it on paper what the fuck does this ticket say (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly yeah exactly but yeah um so i i I guess i wanted to get back so you had to do all that you had to probably make needles um work you had your hucks faldings do you do you remember your first tattoo that you did yeah it was um it was uh, a tattoo of a Virgo symbol on my at time roommate. Um, you know, it, it's funny. Some of my earlier tattoos were some of my better tattoos, believe it or not, because I slowed way the fuck down. I mean, that, 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 that Virgo symbol took me like eight hours or some shit, you know, it's like <laughs> the size of a half of a dollar bill, but like it took me forever. And, um, Again, um, going back to what I state, sometimes it's important to unlearn what yes. we have learned. Um, I One of my biggest accolades in that I still think about, I did my third tattoo on this gal and she went out to Vegas and she, she went to this shop and they're like, dang, that's his third tattoo. He's going to be all right. Like, um, that's awesome. And it was a Celtic knot, like that's hard. <laughs> third tattoo. <laughs> yeah, like that. I don't even that's do that easy. shit now. No, <laughs> but um, l- little things like that through my apprenticeship, um, y- you know, I st- I still uh, keep to this day, and and maybe I should unlearn some of them. But um, the the things you're taught during your apprenticeship, they're going to stick with you for a very long time, mm-hmm. and hopefully. Um, you find a way to use them for good. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I remember just little things like my mentor at the time would always brag, like, this is my big hang up. My mentor at the time would always like um, brag for lack of a better term, brag about how quick it was done. Mm. So still to this day, you know, I use how long something has taken me to validate and and that's that's wrong. It's wrong. It's I'm wrong. like, well, yeah, I did this, but and while it might be mediocre or whatever, or or subpar even, um, like, well, yeah, I did it in an hour and a half, and like that's a hard thing to get rid of. Yeah. So, um, mentors, be careful of what you're teaching your your younger generation, your apprentices. Um, I've. I've literally had to unlearn a lot of things. Um, while I had an apprenticeship, 
uh, like I said, it was from a um, self-taught artist. Um, but at the time, that I mean, that was as good as gold. Yeah. Um, Read Street Forums. You familiar with that? I, it sounds familiar, but I yeah, can't say that I know. Yeah, that's where the gold was shed. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was the most brutal forum on the planet. Um, Read Street Forum and Tattoodles, I think it was. Tattoodles but, um, I knew about. Yeah, yeah it, it was like, that's where I learned a lot of my shit. I went through these forums and I read this stuff. Um, I I came out of my apprenticeship thinking... You guys know who Corey Cudney is? Have you ever heard that name? No, I haven't. No. Okay. Um, I, I haven't heard his name in a very long time. If yeah. um, Corey Cudney. He, he, he used to, um, he, he was doing realism before realism was a thing. And I just was always fascinated by him. And um, if you look his stuff up, I didn't see an issue between my tattoo and his. I was like, oh, you just, you know, he's a little bit better than me. But what I was putting out was fucking garbage. Um, and it took me a long time. So I apprenticed. I was with my mentor for about three years. And I thought I knew it all. I'm going to open a shop. Why did I open a shop? Because nobody would fucking hire me. That's why. So I decided <laughs> to open a shop. Not, 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 not Black Coffin. Another shop. Found an investor, decided to open a shop. And, um, you know, we were slinging ink. You know, we were slinging tats. We were awesome. (laughs) Oh, boy. And then I got this apprentice uh, by the name of Chris Crapel. He's got a different Instagram name, so you probably never find him. But... um, this motherfucker picked up a blue pencil and uh, some tracing paper and he started drawing. And at this time I'd been six years into the craft, right? Maybe five, six, whatever. Um, I was like, what the hell is this? And I wasn't taught to draw that way. Um, I watched him for a couple of, couple of weeks and um actually started drawing. So when I had said earlier that I knew how to tattoo before I learned how to draw, mm-hmm. it's a real thing. Um, I believe you. Yeah. It, it, like this kid taught me how to draw and be free with a blue pencil, red pencil, whatever. Um, and then take the micron to it. Um, I, I went that surprises about, me. I will have you know, because as an artist, <laughs> you came in drawing to tattooing. You still got to unlearn what you learned because yeah. It's yeah, it's the same. It's not the same. It's totally different. So I I believe you that you learned how to tattoo and tattoo well before you ever started drawing. It's very very easy to not easy to do, but it's very I I can see how that could happen um, because a good tattoo artist is not necessarily somebody who I mean you can put a good tattoo in and not know how to draw. Yeah. You know, yeah. basically, yeah. and that's okay. You know, there there there's there's room out there for those people too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to sit and badger anyone for not drawing or not knowing how to draw or not staying up, you know, till two o'clock in the morning working on design. Like you do you, that's cool. Um, but that's, that's where things really started changing was when um, I picked up a couple of color race pencils and some tracing paper. And I'm like, Oh, what, 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 I didn't know I had this in me. Um, but that's after a couple awesome. of years of 
Yeah, yeah, no, it was. That's so I learned awesome. shit from my apprentices, you know, like um That's I, super that, dope. that was a moment that changed for me. And um you know, we, I I think it was mentioned earlier, um like the I wanted for so long to be Bob Tyrell. Uh, I wanted so long. I mean, the guy was apprenticed when he was what, 45. I wanted to be Bob Tyrell. I wanted to do portraits and I, I didn't see the difference between what I was doing. I was like, Oh, he's just a little slower. And you know, yeah, he's, he's got the right stuff, but I can get there. I can get there. And then I woke up one day and said, the world already has a Bob Tyrell. Mm-hmm. The world already has a Corey Cudney. Mm-hmm. Um, the, what the world does not have is a Garrett radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that moment on, I totally embraced whatever the fuck it is I do. Yeah. I don't even know. Um, <laughs> you, you, th- there's enough, there's enough of everyone else in the world. Um, but there's not enough of me. There's not enough of you or you. Right. Or anyone else. So um use that, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Well, that's our tagline here. Um broad or refined is how we lead, but how we end it is remember the only difference between you and who you aspire to be like or your mentor is time and how much you want to get the fuck out of your own way. And that's yeah. the truth. You know, like there's no difference. There really isn't. Um, you put people on a pedestal, you keep yourself lower than them, and there's no reason why you can't be exactly what they are, if not more, you know, like nobody can set the standards to what you might actually achieve in your life, except for you. So that's a great realization. That's an amazing realization. Um, I had the same thing. Like first I was dogged that I didn't know who the fuck, you know, people like Guy Atchison were or Kim Slay or Sean Barber. And, you know, that was when Sean Barber was just painting people uh, tattoo. I didn't know who any of them were. And then I was dogged because I didn't know who they were. Then when I knew who they were, like Jeff Gogway and stuff, and I was like, oh, man. And then I watched Jeff Gogway and like all these cool kids like around me. And I was like, oh, man, I want to get tattooed by him. And then I started thinking about it just the same as you. I started looking at it. Uh, the way and the, the thing that really brought me to this was film, actually. Yeah, I noticed like how, you know, Seth, uh, Seth Rogen and, um, uh, you know, uh, all these people, they all kind of run in circles like the Adam Sandler crowd. Like they all are in the same films. And I started watching them. And I'm like. These people all grew up together in this industry and they all met each other and networked. And now they're they're making cool shit together. And I saw that with like the generation of like Teresa Sharp and Kelly Doty and all of them, like they all grew up together and they, they, they all kind of have risen together. And I was like, well, what if I'm just the next round of cool kid? You know, like, why can't I be the next round of cool kid? Like they're that generation of cool kid. That's fine. But why can't I be? And why can't the people that I think are really dope and all the talent that I see around me? And again, the the podcast, you know, I don't interview. I mean, there's a few. I, I hit up Halo today to see because I heard that his shop just got an apprentice. I was like, you know, I got to I got to interview you. <laughs> He's like, when are we going to do it? Um, nice. So I know some famous people in our industry, but, you know, like they're not they're not the world around. And and I 
I want to interview everybody. I think we all have these amazing stories and we all have some, some special thing to give this world. Um, so I, I just want to hear about it, you know, and I think it's a great realization. That's a good nugget to give the listeners because, you know, don't, don't keep yourself low, you know, start envisioning whatever height you want to reach and be like, Oh, I'll get there. You know, what am I going to be? And start thinking about that. Cause that's a good thing to think about for sure. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) That ends the second part of our interview with Garrett Radio. Tune in next week for the final part of our interview with Garrett Radio, Black Coffin Tattoo. Thanks for listening. You can find the Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diaries. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We We look look forward forward to hearing from from our listeners. listeners.